It's the e-commerce master plan podcast here to help you solve your marketing problems and grow your e-commerce business. Cutting through the hype to bring you inspiration and advice from the e-commerce sector and beyond. Here's your host, Chloe Thomas. Hello and welcome to what is actually the 300th episode we've ever put live. Yes, kind of number 300, but of course it's not number 300 because due to some very random numbering methods I used in the first couple of years, we had A's, B's, 0.5s, all kinds of crazy going on. Apologies to those of you who lived through that. Um, Because of those random systems, this isn't number 300, but it is the 300th MP3 file episode we've put out there, which is absolutely mad because in the first year it was so hard to get guests I really didn't think we'd make it as far as Christmas so um, to think we're you know what was it five odd years years on now we're going strong and more people are listening every week every month Um, it's amazing so thank you all for sticking with us thank you especially to those of you who've listened to every single one and I know there's several of you out there who not only have listened to every single one but have listened to every single one multiple times which um which is quite frankly, in my opinion, far too much of my voice for anybody. But um, but I, I love the fact that you you appreciate the content that much. So thank you all who are listening, whether it's the first time or whether you're one of those person who, people who's listened to everything multiple times. All of you are equally important to me and, and to the whole team and how why we make this podcast. And I hope that you're all doing well in these weird times we find ourselves in. Um, as you probably have already realised, as I think I've told you a couple of times, I am keeping the podcast a pandemic-free zone because I think it's nice to be able to escape it for a bit, to be honest, but also because I think it's the best way to give you the most useful content. Some businesses are doing great at the moment, some are not, some their sales have gone up and they're still having problems. Um, and who those businesses are, you know, the ones that are doing well, the ones that aren't, seems to change week by week and country to country as things evolve. So I thought that to try and cover that in a way that provides value for you every episode, doesn't just tell you what's happening, but actually tells you how to improve things and how to survive. I thought that would kind of be nigh on impossible, you know. I might might do something which helps 10% of you, but it would be completely irrelevant for the 90%, which isn't really what this podcast exists for. It, it, it exists to help as many of you as possible. Plus, the other reason why we've, we've become pandemic-free is businesses I'm speaking with and chatting to are experiencing basically exactly the same kind of challenges we face in the old normal. Um, you know, the challenges we face all the time, how to get more customers, how to reduce our cost per acquisition. Should we be trying new marketing methods? How to improve the marketing method we've already got? What do we do when we suddenly got new growth and we have to start outsourcing? Uh, you know, how we deal with customers, how we look after customers, how we listen to them, you know, how we look after our team. It's really all the same stuff. But of course, actually, it's the same stuff, but it's at an accelerated speed and to a magnified extent. So you kind of have to focus on it that bit more. So actually, what I believe you know, in the fact that we're continuing to share great e-commerce stories every week where we're not talking about the pandemic, but we're talking about how people are growing, how people are managing their businesses. I believe that's still giving you the insight, ideas and inspiration you need right now to adapt your business, to survive and maybe even thrive in these times and over the coming weeks and months. So that's what we're going to stick to for the time being. However, I know we can't ignore COVID-19 forever. So I'm planning a whole month of COVID-19 success stories and survival stories. So 
If you'd like to join me and share how your business has adapted, you know, may, maybe you didn't even do e-commerce at the start of this and you've started doing it. Maybe you started running events online. Uh, maybe you saw sales massively grow and that caused you problems and you'd like to share how you dealt with those and, and manage them. If you'd like to join me for one of those these episodes where we focus on the COVID-19 success and survival stories, then please do get in touch with me because I'm on the lookout for some great content for those episodes, some great guests. To do that, um, head to ecommercemasterplan.com forward slash podcast. And there you'll find a link to the form to apply to be a guest on the show. And of course, if you you know if, if you want to get in contact with me on LinkedIn or Twitter or Instagram or something else, then please feel free to do that too, because um, I really want to find some great guests for that uh, that series. In today's episode, I get to talk to a serious retailer, someone who has a huge pedigree in our industry and who's done some phenomenal cutting edge things over the last 20 odd years. We are going to be talking about how to digitize, how to deal with the challenges of new technology. We're also going to be getting into the importance of the customer experience, the importance of return on investment with all of that. A few tips and tricks on how to persuade your boss to do things um, when you really want that, when you know that new project needs to go ahead. So some great advice around that. And we will also be talking about augmented reality and how that can help uh, you sell more products. Before we get into all of that though, please do check out the sponsors. This podcast is brought to you by Klaviyo, the growth marketing platform used by more than 30,000 e-commerce brands globally. In uncertain times, supporting your community and fostering relationships by being open and empathic is a strategy that will be appreciated and remembered far beyond today. One of the best channels to deliver these communications through is, and always will be, email. Email marketing is one of Klaviyo's foundational offerings, and when you leverage personalization driven by customer insight, you will create memorable marketing moments that cultivate lifelong relationships. Klaviyo truly understands how challenging it is for each and every business right now. Klaviyo is here to help brands communicate, engage, and foster relationships now and when all of this is just a distant memory. Visit klaviyo.com forward slash masterplan. That's K-L-A-V-I-Y-O dot com slash masterplan. With SEMPRO Online from Pitney Bowes, you can simply print postage stamps and shipping labels even when working remotely. For as low as $4.99 a month, you'll get access to special discounts and save up to 40% off USPS Priority Mail. Plus, for being an e-commerce master plan listener, you'll receive a free 30-day trial to get started and a free £10 scale to ensure that you never overpay. That includes being able to schedule package pickups and track shipments from departure to arrival. Go to pb.com forward slash masterplan to access this special offer for a free 30-day trial plus a free £10 scale to get started. That's pb.com slash m-a-s-t-e-r-p-l-a-n to experience savings in your shipping costs with a free trial of Sempro Online from Pitney Bowes. And now to introduce today's special guest. Michael Valdsgaard has been in the retail industry since 1993, initially on the BRIC side at Danish supermarket Bilka, and then with IKEA in both Europe and the USA, where he shifted to the online retail world as senior VP digital transformation, leading IKEA's shift to digital. Since 2018, he's been helping other retailers to digitally transform with a recent focus on augmented reality, otherwise known as AR. Hello, Michael. Hello, Chloe, and thank you for having me. 
Hey, it's great to have you here. I mean, I there's so much we can talk about and uh, you know, it's really nice to catch up with someone who's done such huge things in the world of retail. So, before we get into that though, how did you end up in retail in the first place? I think uh, it comes from uh, my past. I my, my first job was sweeping factory floors and then I got into driving newspapers. So when I finally discovered retail as a young kid, I thought this is pretty easy and then I kind of stayed there. <laughs> Certainly easier than sweeping floors. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> and I guess once you got the retail bug, you, you clearly you've stuck around for, you know, a couple of decades. No, it's kind of like I like to in, engage with people and I like to help uh, people and I like to uh, make their life a little easier. And it's a good way to interact with uh, with people in retail. And when you when you first started out at Bilka, you know, in the in the world of supermarkets, could you imagine you'd have ended up doing the type of projects you were doing with IKEA, you know, fifteen years later? No, and absolutely not because it's it's almost twenty five years later in total, uh, right? Because it's like back then there was no internet, there was no uh, Google, there was no Facebook, there was no e commerce. So there's a lot of things. It was uh, uh, old school retailing, stack them high, see them fly, and those things have been there for decades and decades and nothing really changed. So I would have not imagined that because nobody could. No, it's been, it's, I look back sometimes and I, I got involved in about 2003 in the world of retail and e-commerce and it kind of, I find it kind of amazing how far we've come in that short period of time. The journey since 1993 is is just astronomically huger. <laughs> exactly. Quite crazy. Um, now, you know, working at IKEA, you you were working at a business which was really committed to the real world experience. You know, many of us in the industry have heard the stories about how, you know, so much thought and expertise went into constructing the real world IKEA experience. Yeah. How did how did you end up in the world of let's see what we can do with digital in such such a different arm for a business which was so committed to the to the real world experience? Now, so IKEA has always been kind of like uh, true to its uh, customers and really try to solve home furnishing needs. Uh, they're not in the business of doing business and making money. They're first of all in the business to help people live a better life at home. And they do that through home furnishing, right? So it's a little bit more like a, uh, a different angle into the business. And then in that process, of course, the consumer needs changes and opportunity arises and things that IKEA always wanted to do uh, you know, like the IKEA catalog was uh, a good way into people's homes, and you got like hundreds of pages of inspiration. The IKEA store was built as this incredible experience in the way you could kind of like feel confident taking home furnishing decisions. And then we come to an age of uh, the iPhone comes out and e-commerce starts, and IKEA is like, how do you do this, and what should you do? Because it's really complicated to sell a big wardrobe online than it is to sell a pair of jeans online and in, during that process they kind of like uh, I, I had advanced to a certain seniority level within the organization so they looked at me and said michael could you you know figure out you're good with all this digital stuff could you figure out what should we do here and this is back in around 2010 where the ipad just came out it seems like a long time ago but it's not and and things really started to shift there. And and my first task was like kind of like make uh, make meaning of it all and try to articulate what should the business model look like going forward. And that's quite a big brief, isn't it, Michael? Can you work out what we should be doing with this stuff? It's like wow. And 
And it, it, I, what I find particularly interesting is around a similar time, there were a lot of companies getting it hugely wrong. Yes. Who almost got more excited by the potential of digital and completely forgot about the fact there had to be a reason for it. Yeah, 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 yeah exactly. You no, know, so people that go into solutions and they try to come up with stuff that doesn't really solve any uh, real uh, needs from the consumers. And then uh, nobody really cares about it. I often think if, if everyone goes, wow, that's really cool. A lot of the time it's like, well, yeah, but is it? <laughs> is it cool? Yeah. It's really amazing we can do it, but does anyone actually want us to? Exactly. It has to solve a problem. It has to solve, serve a need. It has to enhance the experience. Uh, otherwise, nobody cares about it. Back then, e-commerce was like, uh, you, know, you bought something and you would get it two weeks later and that was normal. So it was, it was rather unsophisticated back then, I would say. And how did you, how did you approach answering that huge question of, you know, what are we going to do with the digital experience? Yeah, so what I did was I, I, I went into a hibernation and I studied uh, absolutely crazy all the all the brands and all the products and all the retailers out there. And I found a few that was kind of uh, inspirational and similar to ours. And uh, Walmart at that time was a good example because Walmart is also like an old conservative uh, brick and mortar retailer who all of a sudden started moving digitally. And uh, and that was kind of like my window into the uh, owners of IKEA, you know, the uh, Ingvar and the Sons, and saying like, hey, if Walmart can do it, then IKEA can do it as well. And Walmart did it because Amazon they start eating up their markets here. So you see, whenever somebody puts a gun to your head, it's it's easy to get moving. But if you are still making a, a good profit on your current business model, it's very hard for businesses to move. So I found those inspirational companies and i looked at them look at what are they doing why are they doing it and then we try to kind of copy that setup uh, to be quite honest copy successful people yes it's kind of you're almost coming at it from the completely opposite angle of walmart walmart had to they had the gun to their head as you said but ikea would were not in that situation <laughs> yeah exactly ikea could do it from a more from a more calm place where we could still be inspired because walmart they said like it's this is really important they hired the guy who 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 uh, who built eBay uh, as the head of digital, uh, Jeremy King, and 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 they got going. So um, yeah, so we could kind of like take a a more soft approach, but still take it really really serious. And when you were looking for those inspirational stories, were you looking kind of from the business perspective first, or from the consumer perspective first? I would say both, but it was uh, more like uh, back. When we started, everybody wanted a return on investment. So you kind of had to um, explain if you're going to spend X amount of money, what that would mean for the business. But on the other hand, we also had the capability to just sit down and, and relax a little bit and look at how we're going to shop in the future. What's the market going to look like in the future? But that future description into actions today was also very complicated. So it was not an easy journey. So we kind of like had to scare the executives a little bit and the owners about 3D printing and uh, stuff like that. And they're like, oh, that sounds pretty crazy, but the e-commerce part is okay. You know, go ahead with that. <laughs> so it's really just stretch, to, to stretch people's minds. Yeah, that was the most important. That's a, it's a, it's a good tactic, that one, isn't it? We'll, we'll show them something that they're never going to agree to, but then we'll get them to agree to the, yeah, exactly. the better bit. And, and those, those inspirational stories as well to show, here's some people who are already going down that path is always a great way of convincing people, I find. Absolutely. Absolutely. And so once you, you, know, you got the go ahead on a few projects, how, 
what as you were doing those in those early stages where it was incredibly easy to get excited about the tech and forget about the reason how how hard were you working to make sure that customer experience piece was still at the heart of everything you were doing yeah so i feel like we were probably uh, forgot that also so it was like uh, you start looking at technologies and what could technologies do and then you do some stuff just to explore that technology so we did some indoor navigation uh, using you know sensor technology and 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 uh, and uh, the vision of the cameras and stuff like that before google made indoor navigation but um, it didn't really like the, the technology was not mature enough so then you have a hard time convincing people to do it because it doesn't work seamlessly so it's uh, you know it's all this uh, exploring 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 and a lot of it just throw you throw in the bin and that's kind of like pretty um, – you have to keep motivating yourself to keep on going. And then we come to uh, Apple launching augmented reality, and, and we go into that uh, collaboration, and we create something absolutely magnificent that uh, the whole world was uh, uh, impressed by. So you know, those extremes, that's that's what we were working in. It's one of those things, isn't it? People see the see the success, but you have to understand behind every success, there's a whole load of pieces of failure, of things we've tested, things we've tried that just don't don't come good. Yeah, I remember my wife. I came home and told uh, my wife about self-driving cars and robotics and uh, automatic deliveries uh, and how I presented that for IKEA. And she looked at me. She's like, "Don't they just want to sell pots and pans?" And I was like, <laughs> Yeah, yeah, you're you're right. They actually do want to do that. So it's like uh, it's all this uh, uh, testing and trying, and then every now and then you find something. But uh, most of it was frustration, endless frustration with the tech not doing what we wanted it to do, and all the rest of it. But but these days we live in a less frustrating world where there's more examples we can look at and where the tech's a lot better. So so now you know uh, almost a decade on from when you were doing that certainly a good few years on from when you were doing that and there are who are you who do you look to these days as the retailers who are really getting that digital customer experience spot on yeah so i would i would say like a lot of people got it in pieces so nobody like there's no overall hero but there's a lot of retailers who make so for example uh ikea augmented reality try sofa before you buy it and then you have uh, other retailers doing uh, really good on social media and you have other retailers doing really good on home delivery and uh, seamless returns but i don't have a hero who just solved it all and i don't think they necessarily uh, exist but they make the uh, technology have matured to such a degree that we don't talk so much about the technologies no more. It's more about the uh, total experience. So just like a camera used to be a camera, and then it was a digital camera. And now it's just a camera again. So I feel like retail is moving a little bit into that space now, where the technology is a integrated part and not something completely separate. And I think most people have understood that. That's kind of a huge tipping point, isn't it? The point at which we stop going, ooh, they've got an AR experience and actually the customer just uses their iPad to see what the, the sofa looks like in the room without even batting an eyelid at it. That's that's the point at which you know you've got the experience right. Yeah. And the funny thing is that consumers expectations is even further than, than the technology. So when we have launched it, people are like, oh, I thought you always had that. Uh, why is it not? Uh, why don't you have more products and stuff like that? It's like super complicated, some of it. But it's funny how people's expectations—they just continue to move in this world. Yeah, it's like, oh, brilliant! You get it. Oh no, now you want us to do it for everything. <laughs> it's like, ah. yeah, exactly, exactly, exactly. Yeah. 
And you're now deep in the world of uh, of AR. Could you tell, just, just for any of the listeners who are kind of getting augmented reality, AR, what on earth on about? Could you just explain a little bit about how it works and what that user experience is? And then let's talk a little bit more about how it's delivering for business. Yeah, absolutely. No, so what I did also at IKEA is I started looking at what are the technologies because a lot of time things are overhyped and they under deliver and then sometimes they actually hit an exponential curve and then they just change the world overnight. So I would say there's there's a few things that you have to watch as a retailer and that is a artificial intelligence which everybody's talking about now. It's uh, you know robotics, it's uh, self-driving cars, it's Internet of Things, and it's augmented reality and virtual reality. So nobody can look into the future, but I can guarantee you that these technologies will change the way we live, the way we work, the way we operate, the way we do business. And it's just a matter of when. So when we talk about virtual reality is where you put on a mask and you are in a complete different world than the physical world that you're in. You are in, in a virtual world. And it works really good on therapy or training sessions or going to a place and experience something that you couldn't do without moving there. Now, AR is where you overlay a digital experience into the real world, and you do that by using your phone. So you're looking through your phone into the real world, and in that real world, we then add three-dimensional objects. And it's much easier to do, especially when you're shopping. I don't believe virtual reality is uh, in any use case good for shopping because it's a very uncomfortable experience to be virtually somewhere else while you're physically uh, in a store, for example, and who's going to clean the headset and who buys it and stuff like that. So it's very complicated. And it's a very solo experience, isn't it? Virtual reality. It's just you in there. You can't show it to your partner and go, what do you think of that sofa? Yeah, it just doesn't make any sense to, uh, like, it, it, it's it's uh, way too intrusive. So it's like, uh, I think therapy, uh, health, uh, incredibly use case because you really get an experience in it, but not for uh, ordinary use. And everybody has, uh, most people have a AR-capable phone in their pocket already. So you, if you have an iPhone 6 or newer, you know you can do augmented reality. So there's no uh, barrier. You don't have to buy hardware, and you can just instantaneously do it. And you are still in the real world, and you uh, so you didn't leave, right? So you feel more comfortable. So I feel like uh, this technology have now developed to such a degree that it start becoming. Uh, helpful to take purchase decisions. It used to be gamey. It used to be that you have to put on a headset. It used to you used to have to calibrate the whole room. Now you just pull out your phone straight from the browser, throw in a, a item, and you can actually view it. Uh, so uh, the technology barrier is gone, and that's why augmented reality is a hundred percent the next thing in online retailing. And it's something which, you know, consumers are getting ever more comfortable with, even if it's, you know, putting cat ears on our faces as we, you know, as we talk to friends. It's it's the same tech and we're, we're very used to those overlays now, I find. Yeah, and especially young people. So anybody like uh, less than 35, they're super good in using this and they use it constantly. And they are very forgiven in the experience where... Uh, the older crowd, they really want to have something solid and they're not so comfortable. But uh, young people, they embrace this on a daily basis, uh, basically. I suspect we're going to find the same as we do and have with all technologies that as the as the elder generation see the younger generation getting used to it, they they quite quickly come on board. Yeah, exactly. Then they will also do it. And I think if you serve it in a non-intrusive way and in a in a smooth way, 
which uh, is what we do with London Dynamics. We we build this platform and we can serve it straight from uh, anybody's uh, e-commerce site. We can serve this content. So you don't leave the experience of shopping at a retailer or at a brand, but we just add this layer of experience into that e-commerce experience. And I think that's something that consumers, they want. You know, we have sophisticated e-commerce to such a degree that you have, you know, two hours uh, after you make the order, you have it at home already. Seamless returns, you know, all the technicality is solved in e-commerce in most countries and especially in the UK where I'm sitting. And um, um, like, what is then the next thing? You know, people want to have experiential shopping, just like they want to have experiential brick and mortar shopping. They don't care about just getting a product no more. It used to be, so when I started in retail, that was the experience. That was getting the product. And you're like, woo and seeing uh, seeing the amount of products that retailers sold, that was the experience. But today, the experience is getting a haircut, a cup of coffee, and uh, uh, trying on a new suit uh, in the same uh, building, and then playing uh, table tennis on their way out. That's what people want today. And that's going to go into e-commerce as well. Like, what, what else do you want to put on e-commerce when you have solved all the technicalities? It has to be experiential. And, and this is what we're serving. So I feel like our timing is also incredibly good because the technology is there and the consumers, they're going to be wanting this. I think that there's a point you mentioned there, which I think is really important, is that it's part of the website. It happens on the website because, you know, my, my career started in the world of mail order. And, you know, everyone got really excited about page turning catalogs online. They take a lot of work to set up. And, you know, it just seems so crazy to me, even at the time, it's like, but we're driving people to, rather than sending them to the website where they can actually buy the products, we're sending them to something else which doesn't work that well, where they have to click on the right small thing in order to go back to the website to buy it. And it was almost like sending them to a second website to then bring them back again, which of course never took off because it was a hideous, you know, um, hideous process to go through, a hideous customer experience. But but and to, to expect them to kind of to go off onto another site to do the the augmented reality isn't going to work either. But if it's right there on the product page. Yeah, exactly. And it's a broken experience, right? If you if you ship people around or if they have to go download an app or if they have to do all these uh, steps in order to get the experience of buy uh, equipment uh, or do something, it's it never going to work. And that's the whole point is that the technology is here where we can serve it straight from uh, any content site. And Michael, you're very busy getting very involved in, in putting AR in place for multiple retailers at the moment. How, what, what sectors is it being adopted by? Because, you know, I think we, we all get the, you can actually see the sofa, the table, the armchair in your room. What other, what other sectors are finding this incredibly powerful at the moment? Yeah, so I would say like that is the sector that finds it most powerful and that's where the return on investment is the highest. And that's also where consumers, they will expect you to have it by the end of the year. So if you're selling, if you're in the home, decorating home uh, home and gardening space and you don't have it, you're going to be obsolete very fast. The places where it does not work is in, on clothes. It would just never work on clothes. And it's not a, like so fashion retailers, find something else. Don't go augmented reality. You have to You have to try something else. But um, let's say you're buying a cargo bike where you can fit four kids in it. You know, that's an, uh, uh, and, you, and those, they mostly sell online. It's good to ship your product and the customers can actually engage with it. And what happens is when customers do that, their emotional connection to the brand just goes up massively. 
So I feel like electrical bikes, uh, suitcases, uh, stuff like that, anything which is like a hard product you can put in the room in front of you to inspect further, those are good items for AR. E-commerce master plan is supported by some of the greatest companies in the e-commerce sector. Here's a reminder of who they are. How are the leading D2C brands growing their businesses? They're using Klaviyo, the growth marketing platform chosen by over 30,000 global innovative online brands. Klaviyo believes in supporting growth, which is why they won't tie you into lengthy contracts, hidden setup or support fees, or feature-based pricing. With a platform that's both powerful and easy to use, it's no surprise so many brands have switched to Klaviyo. Looking for one more compelling reason? Brands switching to Klaviyo see an average of 62 times ROI on their investment. Ready to learn more? Visit klaviyo.com forward slash masterplan. That's K-L-A-V-I-Y-O dot com slash masterplan. With Sempro Online from Pitney Bowes, you can simply print postage stamps and shipping labels, even when working remotely. For as low as $4.99 a month, you'll get access to special discounts and save up to 40% off USPS Priority Mail. Plus, for being an e-commerce master plan listener, you'll receive a free 30-day trial to get started and a free £10 scale to ensure that you never overpay. So you can calculate the exact postage online, print from your PC and avoid trips to the post office. Go to pb.com forward slash master plan to access this special offer for a free 30-day trial plus a free £10 scale to get started. That's pb.com slash m-a-s-t-e-r-p-l-a-n to experience savings in your shipping costs with a free trial of Sempro Online from Pitney Bowes. It's time for the Top Tips Round. I love this section because it gives me and our listeners some really quick ideas for taking our business to the next level. Michael, are you ready for the top tips? Yes. <laughs> Excellent. Okay, the book top tip. If everyone listening to this podcast agrees to take Friday off and read a book to make their business better, which book would you recommend? I'm going to recommend something slightly uh, unusual because I, th- I think the unlimited power of uh, Tony Robbins would be what I would uh, recommend, which is not directly a business book, but it can unleash the power of within you that you can release in your business. Excellent. We get surprisingly few Tony Robbins recommendations on here, so it's it's nice to have one. <laughs> okay. Um, That's good. He's my hero. Him and Elon Musk, I, I follow. Ah, cool. Um, okay, the traffic top tip. Maybe, and this is not um, electric cars traffic, this is marketing traffic. So the traffic top tip, which marketing method do you either prize above all others or think doesn't get the press it deserves? Yeah, so I don't have a specific method, but what I see is when it does work is when you have sold something and you share it, right? And a lot of times it depends on what sector you're in and what you're selling and what you're doing, but solve a real problem and share it. That's when uh, the marketing really, really works. Nice. I like that. That's that's Trying to solve things where there aren't problems is always a terrible idea. I find. And I find a lot of people, you know, when we were talking earlier about getting excited by the tech rather than the use case, that's exactly the same thing, isn't it? It's it's very easy to get excited about what you can do without remembering what the customer's problems actually are. Yep. Yep. So, yep. Really, really good top tip. Okay. The tool top tip, maybe a collaboration tool, a social media plugin, a phone app, or just a way of working. Is there a cool little tool you use that makes you and your team more efficient from day to day? Yes, and that is, uh, it's not, I don't want to sound like a commercial, but it's Zoom. And Zoom is a video collaboration tool that I use constantly. And I actually have people 
in the past that I worked with for almost six months only on Zoom. And then when we finally met each other, it was like, oh, you're much taller than I thought, or you look younger in real life. But I, I knew them so well because we have been video conferencing uh, for such a long period of time. So it doesn't matter where you physically are, uh, you have those tools available. So Zoom is definitely a recommender for any business. I will second that. I'm a big Zoom fan. Okay, the growth top tip. If you met someone today who's focused on growing their e-commerce business from 100 orders per month to 1,000, what would be your number one tip for them? That would, my number one tip would be get it right. Because if you're growing your business tenfold and with 900 customers and you don't get it right, I've seen this many times, people get excited about growth and they don't get the fulfillment or the orders or the details right, you're going to alienate 900 customers rather than gaining 900 customers. So get it right the first time. Perfect. Michael, before we say goodbye, we've spoken a lot about the potential of augmented reality. You mentioned London Dynamics. Can you tell us a bit more about London Dynamics and where anyone wants to get in contact with you, they can, please? Yeah, so anybody can get hold of us on our website, londondynamics.com. They can also try out our product because we have a demo running on the website where uh, what you see is what you get. We really want to try to solve how people shop and we want to do real things that makes purchase decision easier and drive business for our clients. So we don't want to try to fake anything. So what you see is what you get. And we have made the platform so easy to uh, integrate that basically you have no uh, uh, IT projects. You don't have to do any integration. You get a URL snippet from our uh, backend and we serve it on your content uh, website. So you don't have to do integration. You don't have to uh, change your content management system or nothing. We do this uh, for you. And our backend is so capable that we can serve billions of users around the world. We trade around the world and we are available around the world. So anybody anywhere can do it. So londondynamics.com. That's the website. Excellent. Thank you, Michael. And thank you for coming on this podcast and talking about your experience in this crazy world of retail and, uh, and getting the, the customer experience right online. Thank you so much. Yeah. Thank you for having me, Chloe. I look forward to next time. fascinating look into one of the one of the more cutting edge elements of retail these days but something which as we said in the interview the the, uh, the consumers are getting really used to using that augmented reality as they're trying to buy specifically their homewares um, but as Michael was saying anything which is big and which people want to see in their home before they purchase it big and powerful to use that augmented reality for. I think we I think as he said we're going to see an awful lot more of it as we move through the year as the the technology becomes more affordable and as the consumers start to demand it for those products. You can get your hands on the notes from today's show including the top tips, links and details of related episodes by heading over to ecommercemasterplan.com/podcast where you will see a link to this episode. And if you're listening via Apple Podcasts or iTunes, please do give us some feedback via their review app. I hope you have a great week. Keep optimizing. Thank you for listening to the e-commerce master plan podcast. Find out more at ecommercemasterplan.com slash podcast.